moving more into what is this reciprocal relationship with landscape and wilderness? What is it that's so compelling about a place? And, um, you know, the non-human world that I'm willing to make life decisions based on that. Anyone who loves spending time in the outdoors knows how beneficial that time can be, both physically and mentally. Given that this past year's social isolation has been especially taxing on our mental health, for this episode of the podcast, I wanted to focus on the psychological benefits of time spent in nature. So I called up a family friend. She happens to know a thing or two about how we can incorporate the outdoors to reduce anxiety, depression, and the general toll that COVID-19 has taken on our well-being. Join me as we get to know psychotherapist Sheila Murray and learn how strengthening our connection to place can improve our mental health. I'm Henry Jordan, and this is Your Wild Place. All right. Well, I am currently a psychotherapist in private practice in the Flathead, Although I say in the flathead, but it's been mostly, it's been all virtual for the last few months. So yeah, I, I can work with clients anywhere in Montana, um, insurance wise. And currently I'm doing a lot of somatic focused EMDR. It's called natural processing, uh, which the more I learn about the nervous system and what our nature is as human beings and how we work, the more sense it makes to me to really be incorporating the body because that's the language of the nervous system to, uh, to work with people. And it's, it's pretty exciting work. It's really different than the way I was trained. So that's been, it's always a fun and a challenge to unlearn things as well as learn new things. Speaking of learning, let's clarify some terms. There are a few words Sheila said that I had to look up. The first was EMDR and the second was somatic. According to the American Psychological Association, EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. EMDR is a structured therapy that encourages the patient to briefly focus on a traumatic memory while simultaneously experiencing some sort of stimulation, typically something like an eye movement. This is associated with a reduction in the vividness and emotion associated with traumatic memories. Now, somatic basically means anything relating to the body. In a therapeutic context, it relates to the nervous system and how it responds to stress. Trauma can overwhelm the healthy stress response that our nervous system is designed for, and that trauma can manifest in physical ways. Now, let's hear more about Sheila's background and what led her to her current profession. I had a therapist mentor, Patricia Rice, in, in Maine, who was very influential to me, and she's also a writer. 
uh, novelist and nonfiction writer. And she wove all these different strands together in our work together. And that really drew me to study at Pacifica Graduate Institute, which has a depth archetypal um, focus. All of Joseph Campbell's archives are there. So, so that's, that's my jumping off point into this career. That, and I was also working as an outward bound instructor when I applied to grad school. So there was that immersions in nature and just the things that happen, the natural consequences of uh, an arduous 21 day backpacking trip and how that works on people. So, yeah, yeah, that's it's been, it's been quite a journey since then, but that's where it, how it all started. I was curious how Sheila's interest in both psychology and time spent in nature merged as she began her career. I applied to Golden Triangle, it was then Golden Triangle, now the Center for Mental Health. And I got a position in Helena and I was there not long at all before I was offered the Shoto position to run the Shoto and Conrad offices. And my love of the land and the wilderness and that country drew me there. You know, it was people with a lot of severe and disabling mental illness and um, yeah, it was, it was worlds collide. That's what that time was like. <laughs> it was pretty, it was challenging and it was a great education. I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about, um, you know, what people do to survive in, a, in, in challenging conditions and in a harsh landscape. You know, I, after about two and a half years in on that job, I thought, boy, I wish I would love to do a thesis inquiry on how landscape intersects with mental health and the challenges that people show up with. Landscape and the, the sort of cultural overlay that, that comes with living in a certain geographical area. I spent a lot of time outside walking on all the open land um, in the mountains and even on the prairies, like closer right around the town in Shoto. And I had this feeling like there's another way to participate in this. And that was after, I have to say, I was at that Center for Mental Health job for five years. I did a loan repayment program. And then I took a season off and worked as a lookout up on Prairie Reef. And that just deepened the um, allure of moving more into what is this reciprocal relationship with landscape and wilderness? What is it that's so compelling? about a place and um, 
you know, the non-human world that I'm willing to make life decisions based on that. The Prairie Reef Lookout is one of the most impressive fire lookouts in the Bob Marshall Wilderness. Looking out over the famous Chinese Wall and a sea of mountains, it is a truly beautiful perch. I asked Sheila to tell me more about that experience and how it shaped her moving forward. Man, that experience was so many things. I call it Nirvana and Crucible. It was, uh, you know, there were times, particularly like this time of day, late morning, I'd be sitting there on like my fourth cup of tea with my feet up, the sun streaming in, book in my hand, you know, chilly enough to have a fire lit in the wood stove and be like, I cannot believe I'm getting paid to do this. And then there were times which often came later in the day. And usually when it was really hot, it wasn't hot that much, but you know, I was hanging sheets in the windows to try to keep the sun out. And I remember thinking, I don't know if I can, you can get a little too much inside your own head up there. And that was challenging because it's a, it's usually a two day hike to get up there. So not a lot of the people that said they were gonna come visit actually showed up, which understandable, I get it. So there, there would be like sometimes a stretch of eight days with no human visitors. And sometimes there was a condition I called howling cotton ball when it would be like either fog or snow. So there was no visibility and the wind was raging. And, you know, on my day off, I thought, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out and hike all the way down to Indian Point. It's just like the conditions are horrible. So you're just sort of stuck in this place. Um, and the fact that I was there for as long as I was and I couldn't leave actually had a lot to do with the change that slowly was affected or the depth of my connection to that place. And, and you know, it's funny, I was up there and I remember getting a call on the radio from one of the rangers and she said, oh, just wanted to let you know, there's a woman on her way up to visit you. Um, she's just, you know, a, 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 riding, a riding horse and one mule. And I was like, okay, thanks for letting me know. Well, it turns out it was the ranger herself who was coming to visit. And we talked about, cause she had spent a bunch of time at that lookout too. And we talked about how you start to think, well, I don't know if my family really likes me. I haven't gotten many letters from them. I don't think they really like me. Like thoughts you, I hadn't really had that thought until I was in the lookout everything is up for grabs. So it is a real, it's not for the faint of mind, I would say, as you, as you pointed out. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, the sky, the light on the mountains, the creatures you see, the condition of, you know, your path to the outhouse, those things are your companions. And you do companion with them, even if you don't go up there to companion with them out of choice, you do out of necessity. 
and, and something grows out of that. A different relationship does grow out of that. Let's pretend that I am a, um, a, a client that you're seeing and I want to um, incorporate the natural world into my mental health care routine. What are the handful of things that you would say, um, I recommend this, this, and this? It's kind of like generalizable. Okay. Okay. So particularly if you're someone who enjoys being outdoors, I would recommend going outside every day, regardless of the weather. And I'd say 20 minutes or more is great, but whatever you can do is, is going to help. In so many ways, just walking outside is, is, is a game changer for, for people's inner experience. And so if somebody's coming with anxiety or depression, um, even trauma, depending on what the trauma is, if they can walk outside in a place where they feel reasonably safe, it's, it's healing on so many levels. And, and I, can, I can explain to them how that's healing from, from a, a, you know, a scientific standpoint. So I feel like that's ethical. And um, you know, I'll write that up in my notes. I know psychiatrists who also believe that outdoor exercise is you know, as impactful as an antidepressant. So I bring it in that way. And with people who aren't already leaning in a direction of, you know, nature mysticism a little bit, there's a nervous system aspect of what happens when we go outside. We're, we're looking around, you know, we're no longer like focused totally inward on our thoughts. We're looking around, we're orienting, we're seeing maybe some birds, some animals, trees. There's a lot of incoming sensory data that's bringing us into the present moment, which is really good from a nervous system standpoint. And I would say it's engaging our social engagement system because even if we're not encountering people, we're encountering most likely at least birds, squirrels, maybe other animals, trees, mountains, clouds, you know, scent of flowers, the scent of rain, whatever it is. That's a game changer. That's where we evolved. And our nervous system is really old. It hasn't caught up with the way we live now. So it resonates with the way we evolved, you know, to be a part of the world to be a part of something bigger than just our human selves. Another thing that I offer people, and I think this is from Maladoma Somme. I can't remember if that's correct or not, or, or it's either Maladoma Somme or, um, oh, um, I'm blanking on his name. I'll remember it in a minute. Um, Anyway, it's to go out and if you're feeling troubled, there's something really bothering you, you have a sorrow, to go out to a 
place where you feel you're not going to be disturbed, semi-wild place where you ask the ground permission uh, to dig a hole. And so you dig a hole, probably about eight inches or so deep, and you lay down and you kind of put your face in the hole and you tell your troubles, you, you, you ask the earth to receive your troubles, to take your, to take your troubles. Can you unburden yourself to that, to the earth? It's not to a hole, it's to the earth. And then when you're done, you thank it and you fill the hole back up very caringly and walk away and notice what that's like. Notice what that's like, because when we think about doing something like that, we're like, that sounds crazy. But, you know, boy, there's a lot that's going to go on in that experience. How's that going to feel? It's worth a shot, right? Doesn't require a prescription. It's free. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Your Wild Place, presented by Friends of Scotchman Peaks Wilderness. For more information about the Friends, visit our website, scotchmanpeaks.org. If you'd like to learn more about Sheila or inquire about her practice, you can find more information at her website, sheilamurray.com. Just follow the link in this episode's description. This episode featured Sheila Murray, Edited by Henry Jordan. Theme music by Ben Olson and Katie Archer. Stay tuned for our next episode and subscribe to Your Wild Place wherever you listen to podcasts.